What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast about future-focused parenting. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the fourth bonus episode of Raising Adults. This is spin cycle number four. Uh, We're going to answer a listener question and talk about actually a really important topic, which is dealing with your family and your partner's family. Um, We may end up doing a whole episode on this. I don't know. But this question kind of pertains to that. So we will talk about that a little bit today. Um, So the question comes from Tracy. And Tracy says that uh, she uses her family and I believe her partner's family for child care on a pretty regular basis. And what do you do when they won't parent on the same page with you, when they're a regular care provider and they are seeing your kids day to day, but they're not matching the routine or the expectations that you have in your home? Such a great question. So good. So I want to just speak to that really quickly because I have my father living in our home, and we definitely, when he moved in with us, bumped up against this. And it wasn't for lack of trying. He, I think some some parents or grandparents really don't feel comfortable implementing something that's different maybe generationally, right? That's not how we did it in my time, and that can feel kind of threatening. And I think we need to remember that, that sometimes when we parent differently – it's easy for the generation above us to maybe see that as a comment on the way mm-hmm. they parented, and that may or may not be the case, um, but it can feel a little uncomfortable probably for them. But some parents, like my dad, really do want to match but aren't always successful. Um, and so my dad and I ended up sitting down and having this really good conversation where I said to him, look, you live here, so you're not a grandparent. You're a co-parent, and that means you have to parent like we do. That is the expectation in our home. However, I said, I know that that sucks because you want to be a grandparent. So what we ended up doing was setting up special grandparent days where he gets to take them out for ice cream and pizza and do all the things that he was doing like every week, twice a week. (laughs) Right? Um, Instead, he gets to do that and have that time but not on the days where he's in charge. I love it. So he gets a break from matching you guys. Yeah, because he deserves one. And he should get to be grandpa sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. But I also need him because he lives in the home. I need him to be a co-parent. So that's kind of how we did it. Um, I have more to say, but I'm going to let you pop in your thoughts. Yeah, well, my thought is not going to be popular, I don't think, because particularly if if you're reliant on a a daycare facility, and maybe it was hard to find one that was near you and the right price and all of those things. This can be really hard, but I really am okay, just like we talk about changing a pregnancy care provider, Mm -hmm. was saying, I'm going to have to jump ship because I need this to match. Because the truth is, especially if you're a working parent, whoever's with them while you're at work really has them the bulk of their awake time. Yep. And so it will impact if they're not matching your philosophies. Well, I also think there's a huge difference between when you're paying somebody and you're not. So a family member, I think what becomes really complicated with family members, aside from the fact that they're family, is that you're not paying them. So they're sort of doing this kindness, yes. and now you're going to criticize how you they do that right? kindness. But with a daycare, to me, it's super clear cut. It's like, I am literally paying you possibly for some people the bulk of their paycheck, right? right? So I know when I when I went back to work, 
because I worked part time in my private practice. And Dave was like, you just need to earn enough money to keep your practice open so that when they go to school, you're not starting over again. And I think a lot of families are in that position where it's like, I just have to keep my career going. So there were days where I literally would get paid in cash. I would come home and I would hand all of the cash over to the nanny. Oh, brutal. Right. It was. But we had a great nanny. (laughs) But all that is to say that if you have a, you know, your child in a daycare center, you are paying for that. Well, you're a consumer. You You can take your business elsewhere. What I meant with that being challenging, though, is for some people, location is a big thing with commuting or they had a certain budget for it. And that was the place that Mm -hmm. or even space. There's so there's sometimes really long waiting lists for daycares. Yeah, I think that's a really fair challenge. And and it may be that a parent has to weigh those and mm-hmm. go, is it worth it? It depends on what the issue is, I suppose. Um, is it worth it? Can I live with it? Is it acceptable, unacceptable? If it's not acceptable, we got to get out. Yeah, we you still have to make a move. And I, I'm really blessed in that my parents loved the way I handled infancy and early childhood with my kids. And so they were like, yeah, we'll do it this way. But it's not always like that for people. So what are your thoughts on when there might be some conflict? And it's a family member. You can't just kick them to the curb. I think it so depends on the relationship that you have. Because I would say, and this is just based on my own relationship, with my parents, it was really easy for me to be loud-mouthed about it. But that's the kind of relationship that we've always had. I've always been loud-mouthed, unsurprisingly. (laughs) Um, So... That was never an issue. But with my in-laws, it's it's harder because... That's a little more delicate. It, it is very delicate. And as I've talked about, they're in England, so there is a really different paradigm around parenting. Um, and at the same time, I, I know some some people with their in-laws, there's just so much discord there that it, it just fuels that. For us, I really love my in-laws. So Hooray really wanting to preserve that relationship but still have to have hard conversations. For me, what it all comes down to is you are your child's advocate, Mm -hmm. the end. So at the end of the day, really, parents, I don't think, have the luxury of not saying something. Got to speak up. You do. And it's really uncomfortable sometimes. And I have been there. I've been in that situation where I had to really push myself to have a conversation I didn't want to have. But I had to have it because I am trying to raise an adult and I would not have someone undermine how hard I would work. And we all work, not just me, right? Parents out there are busting their butts Mm -hmm. to raise good kids. And I'm sorry, but if someone is involved in that child's life and isn't willing to participate in that, to me, that warrants a big conversation. You know, like, also, I think, especially when you're dealing with um, mother-child, father-child, you know, your parents ultimately, most likely, love you and want to care for you. And I know certainly for my in-laws where there's been, you know, maybe some discrepancy around how to handle something, it always comes from love and from really wanting Dave and I to be healthy and well and not work too hard and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, And so I think sometimes posing it as when you don't support this, it's really hard on me, right? It actually makes my job harder or I'm up in the night and then I'm tired. Because parents so often want to care for their children, if they understand that it's not a judgment on their style, it's more about how that is impacting their child. Well, and the other nice thing you do when you do that is you're not addressing them as the grandparent, but as the parent of an adult child. Yep, exactly. So I think you have to sometimes be willing to have those tough conversations. And I know when I was teaching childbirth classes, this came up all the time. Like, 
I'm, what are you most nervous about? I'm most nervous about my mother-in-law coming to stay for, you know, a month. Or I'm most nervous about my own mom. I couldn't, it broke my heart how many times that was the case where someone's own mom was the source of stress stress and judgment. And so I think that it really just, it's a growth opportunity. You're a parent. You're the grown-up. We got to act like one. And sometimes that means being uncomfortable and having hard conversations and not being afraid to flex those advocacy skills because you are the only advocate that little person has. And if you're a future focused parent, you're about doing what's best for your kid. Not what's expedient. Yeah. Or easy. And it is easier to not have those hard conversations. It is. But it's not necessarily what's 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 best. best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think we do have to weigh where we can get into trouble is when do you need to let things go? So I think there's you really got to be clear. If you're going to sit down and have a conversation, like with my dad, there's some stuff we let go because, you know what, it just wasn't worth getting into an argument about it. Well, and not every issue is worth an uncomfortable conversation. Right, but there are some basic foundational principles that were very important to us, like not eating ice cream twice a week. Um, So, you know, those kinds of things did actually need to be addressed. But a lot of the times, and I've said this before, you know, if we go to England and there's maybe a difference of opinion around dessert, well, for two weeks, you know what, they can have dessert. You're on vacation. Like, that was a huge revelation for me. Like, stop fighting this battle. It's not fun for anyone. And all you're doing is causing yourself more stress and hurting the feelings of your, you you know, your in-laws. It's just better to let that one go. And also be flexible and maybe reflect a little bit on, like, well, what is that about for me? Maybe I'm being ridiculous because sometimes I'm ridiculous. Sometimes we're the stinker. <laughs> totally. I am often the stinker. Dave would, Dave would 100% agree. I'm sure my husband would, Kira too. is often the stinker. Um, so I think there's a balance there. But ultimately, I would say to Tracy that, that that's a conversation you have to have. If, mm-hmm. if they are going to be involved in a regular basis, there has to be an expectation that certain foundational principles and values within your family are being met. Yeah. By and large, we say, have the chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you have any listener questions and you want to write in, we love hearing from our listeners. So please, oh, please send in an email to info at futurefocusedparenting.com. Or if you have a topic that you would like us to address in an episode, we would love to hear about that. I will tell you, we have just the world's longest list of topics. So many a season is coming your way. Um, But we do really love to hear from our listeners. So go ahead and send your questions to info at futurefocusedparenting.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Raising Adults Podcast. And for more information, you can go to raisingadultspodcast.com or our bigger brand, which is futurefocusedparenting.com. On futurefocusedparenting.com, you can find out more about our private coaching. You can find out about our eBooks and purchase them there. Um, you can get in touch with us, and you can also listen to the podcast there. Though we encourage you to listen through iTunes or one of those because then we get credit for it, and that helps our uh, relevancy, which is a word. It's a thing. It's a thing. Relevancy is a thing, we've discovered. So if you want to help our relevancy, then please listen on an appropriate app. Um, And remember to give us a five-star review and a rating and all that stuff that I say every single episode. We're getting used to hearing it from you, <laughs> which is great. Thank you. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in my laundry room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.